Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, uh, suffering through another dreadful Thursday night football game. It's only a matter of time before we get a petition online to end, just end it. Just end it all. End the suffering, end the violence, end the, the boringness that is Thursday night football so far this season. I... I just don't know what goes into some of these decisions when they make games on Thursday night. And I, I think I mentioned last week, would, would it be a better idea for the NFL to push games after the bye week? I don't think there's any more question of whether they should do that than the last three weeks. Considering you got Tua, you got one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire life last week. And so far, that this game's owning up to that moniker as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's been bad. Um <clears throat> I uh, I took the Bears in this one. Uh, I liked them at home. Uh, so far, they've they've gotten right down to the goal line twice with zero points to show for it. It's it's just not great football to watch. And uh, you know, last week's game, twelve what was it twelve to nine in overtime. So you have to go back. You might even have to go back to the first half of the game two weeks ago the last time a touchdown was scored i'm not sure about that but it's it's been a while since we've seen a touchdown on thursday night not gonna not gonna not gonna score anymore is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's 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 all i need to hear it's oh my god i don't know if you're watching the game but jesus Terry mclaurin <laughs> just took a took a reverse around the left hand side he got completely clobbered oh, anyway no. um it's it's ugly. It's ugly football. Nobody wants to watch it. It's amazing that it, it they continue to have it on Thursday night. And you know Amazon paid up the ass to have this game on 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 Prime. And, and look, the NFL is any, anything but if it, if they're anything, they're really good at making money, but really not great at putting a, a great product. Considering all the the hubbub that's happened this week. Speaking of, before we get to all the, all the stuff you guys want to listen, actually want to listen to. If you don't, you can skip ahead five or ten minutes because we're going to talk about roughing the passer for a second here. How egregious is are those roughing the passer calls now, or are they not? What do you think? Are they they protect the quarterback too much? Do they too little? Just enough? What's the porridge level here? What 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 heat are we talking? Well, I I mean it. The way I see it is, it really some of them are really bad. Some of them are only bad if it's against your team. Um, and uh, with with everything that's been going on early in the season with with Tua Tagovailoa, uh, it, it's understandable why why the uh, NFL and the officiating crews are are reacting the way that they are. Um, but I, I feel because it is so case by case with these with these calls because they're having such a hard time making it look consistent. Uh, I, I really like the idea of making it a reviewable penalty. A, a, another reviewable penalty. Yeah. <sighs> and just another reason to slow down the game. More commercials. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly that's what, what it is. Because I, you know, that's that's my entire goal <laughs> is to generate even more revenue for this monster. Um, <laughs> this monster. Yeah, that money yeah, yeah. goes that money goes right into my pocket. So, I mean, I'm all for a good Snickers commercial, man, or State Farm. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just <laughs> I spend three and a half hours watching football on a Sunday. That's about all I'm allotted before I get kicked off the couch to watch Dama. And you're telling me it's gonna be it could potentially be four hours. 
I don't know. I don't know if my, my marriage can, can withstand another half hour football week, to be honest. Well, so, I mean, I don't want to spin off onto mm-hmm. a tangent here, but the other thing there is with, with, with uh, more and more reviewable penalties, reviewable plays, uh, I, I feel like they should prioritize, you know, streamlining the reviewing process. It doesn't need to take as long as it does. A lot of the times it, it feels like, uh, like we really are just in a commercial break. Because why does it take this long to review what was an obviously bad call? I mean, and the, the the weirdest part about it is they'll replay that call up on like the the scoreboard, and it's I, can they just go by like crowd reaction? No, <laughs> if there's enough well, deci- that's if, a if there's enough, slope. <laughs> I'm just saying, if there's enough decibels to return a call, they don't even need to look at it. You know, if we're talking, we're going like earthquake level, eight Whatever it is, you know, like just reverse it. Otherwise, the stadium will collapse and there'll be a bunch of trash on the field. You know, and nobody, <laughs> right. and nobody wants that. So I, I, that's just my idea. I, look, I could be wrong. Um, no, which I never am, and I'm very fair with that. But I think that slowing the game down for these—I mean, that's what they're talking about. You know, I don't see the need for it. I just—it's like with the PI, like they just. They went. They had a point of emphasis this season coming in that they said they're, we're not going to throw as many flags for PI. We're going to let them play. We're going to let them hand fight a little bit. And I think that's all it is. Okay, if this is pass, if this is roughing the passer, if you're throwing Tom Brady down on the ground every time that man should get roughing the passer. However, if you're Justin Fields and you get clobbered, it's not roughing the passer. Something like that. You know, it has to be clear who might get it. What certain certain situations? I mean. And here's the thing, if if it's at the end of a game like Atlanta and it costs literally cost them a drive, you know, not them saying Atlanta was going to score, I mean maybe they wouldn't have, maybe they would. Uh, who knows? But it literally cost them an opportunity to win that game. Don't you think you just swallow the whistle at that point? Yeah, I I I definitely uh I feel like, you know, that's that's more the football we grew up with. You know, everybody remembers that game that was so important that, you know, oh, the other team got away with one. Well, that's life. You know, you had four quarters to win the game. And uh, and it, it's I, I feel like that's just the easier pill to swallow was is a, a missed call better than a bad call. Yeah, which it was neither missed or bad, which shouldn't have been a call. That's the thing, right? Um, unless you think that Grady Jarrett one was a call. No, no, I, I just mean you know. in, in general. Like, I, <laughs> I remember, you know, oh. growing up, that they, they just didn't call as many penalties. And sometimes sometimes you were on the, the losing side of a situation where you're like, oh, my God, why didn't they call that interference? It should have been interference. We could have won. And, and that's just an easier scenario to accept than why did they call that? That, 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 was a, right. that should not have been a call. You know the the refs are controlling the outcome of the game. Uh, it's just uh, I think the no call when you feel there should have been one is easier to accept than an egregious bad call that never should have been. It just it's it's such a harder scenario to accept in my opinion. Makes sense. Yeah, you get you get left with a taste in your mouth as opposed to no taste in your mouth. So it's like what's better? What's bitter or sweet? You want to pick this apple? You want to throw it on the ground? <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, uh, I just <clears throat> couldn't help but just want to comment on it because it's just been terrible. 
Um, especially this week, it, it almost co- it cost one team a game. I mean, potentially. I mean, they only had Falcons. I mean, do we really think they were going to do anything? You know, but right. in the case <laughs> in the case of Kansas City, like that was a whole other story. Like that kind of turned around that half, and it kept Vegas in that game. You know, for the most part. So and and that hit was like. It would be like if you were at a birthday party, Trevor, and I came up behind you and surprised you and hugged you, and we accidentally fell on the ground. That's what that hit was like. And that was <laughs> ex- extremely egregious. And I can't help but feel like if Tua, if Tua hadn't gotten hurt three weeks ago, it's not his fault he got hurt. I'm not saying that. If he hadn't, or if there just something went different when he went down, that they wouldn't have such a high point emphasis like they've had in the last three weeks. Oh, I, I definitely agree. So, I, I feel like the... Uh... The, the NFL, the officials, they're, uh, they're definitely uh, overcorrecting right now for what they see as, as, a, as a mistake with, uh, with what happened with Tua. Um, and, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but that's definitely what it feels like. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think they just don't want to see more of their star quarterbacks get hurt because of the, they're the face of the league, or teams in most cases. Anyway... Going from, uh, well, let's say correcting a situation to correcting your roster, because that's what we're all about here, right? This is the waiver wire, the, uh, the, the Bobby waiver wire picks of the week, kid. Week six, it's week six, it's halfway through October. We're looking at, this week, we're looking at Geno Smith. He's going to be going up against Arizona Cardinals. He's twenty going against the 24th in FPA defense for Arizona. 56% of, of his leagues he's rostered in. Um, Geno Smith's had a surprisingly pretty good year. 23 fantasy points per game. He's, uh, like a top 10 quarterback. I think he's ranked ninth. Yeah, ninth in the, in the NFL. Um, guess who's 10th? Can you guess who's 10th, Trevor? <laughs> who's 10? Carson Wentz, believe it or not. Carson believe Wentz. Believe it or not. Oh, Carson man. Wentz is the 10th, the 10th best fantasy, fantasy quarterback in the NFL this season. Geno Smith is ninth. If you told me that before the season, I would ask, where and when did you get your, your drugs, sir? Now, I have to believe it, because Geno Smith's actually been pretty good. Ten touchdowns, two interceptions. I mentioned last week he completes over 70% of his passes. He's got a good rapport with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. He's a start, in my opinion. He's a streamer start, but at this point, because he's been so consistent, I think he's worth a roster spot. 56% of leagues he's rostered in. I, I, I think he's worth on a bench if you just flip him in and out for whoever you got starting or if you just don't like the matchup. Um, or if you're like me and you just, you know, your usual... Choices are between Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, I might want to get a third pony in that race sometimes. So, um, big fan of that matchup. Here's another one that's going to surprise you. But Jimmy Garoppolo against Atlanta, 22nd in the NFL is Atlanta against quarterbacks for FPA. Um, he's rostered in 43% of leagues, six touchdowns, one interception. He's not going to he's not going to cost you a lot of points, but he might put 17 to 20 on the board, and especially against Atlanta, maybe like 22. So. Um, Big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't think he's worth a lot in like those leagues where you spend like a couple dollars. What like the DraftKings BS and whatnot. Sorry, I hate DraftKings. It's nothing against DraftKings itself. I think it's a really silly concept, but that's for another. That's another fantasy podcast for another day. So, <clears throat> going to the running backs here. Eno Benjamin from running back Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Seattle is 27th in FPA against running backs. He's rostered in 23% of leagues. He will be getting the start with three. Other Arizona running backs injured. He had a career-high 13 PPR points last week. Eight carries, 25 yards, touchdown. Three catches on four targets. He's going to be on the field a lot. 
And um, <clears throat> oh, a beautiful catch. I don't know by some white guy for the for the Bears. Nonetheless, <laughs> oh, that was Dante Pettis. Anyway, oh, Justin Fields got killed. Uh, oof, that was that looked rough. Andy, sorry, that's uh, I'm not trying to be the, the lead commentator. This is going to come. You're going to listen to this after oh, man, this Thursday night football game's already we're, over. We're going to be jinxing but the Thursday night quarterbacks if we see another one go out. <laughs> Golly, he just got murdered. Yeah, it was terrible, man. Brutal, brutal hit. Um, Deion Jackson, Indianapolis Colts running back. Um, if Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are both out, which I think they both been limited in practice this week, Deion Jackson three percent of three percent roster in leagues. 25th against FPA is Jacksonville. Um, a guy who had 13 carries, 62 yards, four catches, 29 yards. He gets a lot of volume. Matt Ryan, doesn't. his arm is noodly these days. They're going to run a lot of screens, a lot of things to get him open. Um, I like Deion Jackson. I think he runs really hard. He's kind of like the – when I, I always go with the Justice Hill example, but really that's what it comes down to. It's the guy that runs really hard between the tackles. Last one for the running backs, it's uh, Mike Boone. His, uh, Trevor might know him very well. Booner, uh, down up there in Denver, Mr. Boone, um, 32nd in FPA is, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. He's, he's rostering 50% of leagues. He probably will get the start with Javante Williams out. Melvin Gordon's been, uh, hampered by some injuries this week in practice. Seven carries, 38 yards, three catches of 47 yards and three targets last week. And the, the game we do, we, we, we shall, shall not name because, uh, you know, that might bring around bad juju, but, um, number two running back probably will start good in the PPR role. He's worth an ad. 50% of leagues, at least going to sit on your bench if you got a good flex. So you have a bad flex, you need somebody in there. I think he's he's, he's worth picking up. A couple wide receivers I want to throw at you. Jacoby Myers, 58% of leagues he's rostered in. Going against Cleveland this, this week, 18% of, uh, excuse me, 18th in FPA. Seven catches for 115 yards last week. Um, God, he's just so good. And 18 PPR fantasy points in each game this year, 18 or more. So, um, if he had played the whole season so far, he would be top 15 in FPA. Or, sorry, top well, 15 he, in fantasy points. He, he seems to have a, an odd, like a right off the bat, uh, a little bit of chemistry with uh, this zappy kid. Yeah, um, so, zappy uh, fever. I, I like kid. it. I like it. Zappy fever is taking over New England. So um, he's worth adding. 58% in leagues, like I said, rostered in. I think he's worth the flex this week, or maybe just some somebody if you got Crystal Laves, Hurricane, and Allen. Um, Julio Jones, golly, Michael Thomas, which I think there's a lot of receivers that might be out this week. There's Stephon Diggs might be out this week. So I keep an eye on him or Isaiah McKenzie. I can't find where he is here, but I think he was rostered in 48% of leagues. Um, going against Kansas City, kind of got a bit of suspect slot receiver coverage there. They have Javarius Sneed on the outside, but nobody there to, to cover on the inside. They might put him on a rookie. And Josh Allen, uh, he's been nothing short of spectacular the last couple weeks. If you watched last week, all he did was bomb it all day long. And I feel so bad for people who didn't start Gabriel Davis because he had 35 fantasy points and he was projected for like six. So that's pretty rough. But nonetheless, I want to go back to this real quick, Trev. There's a guy I talked about last week. And what did I say about this guy? He doesn't have a defined position. They list him as a tight end on fantasy. Guess what happened? I called it. He had 35 fantasy points last week. We're talking about Ah, Taysom Hill. That's right. Yeah, Taysom Hill had quite a week. Quite a week. 23rd against uh, FPA is Cincinnati. Um, Mo, no Michael Thomas. Chris Lave might be out. Alvin Kamara could be out. Uh, Drivers Landry could be out. So Jameis Winston's back. I mean, Taysom Hill will be kind of t- keyed in on more of the Cincinnati defense, but considering their, their FPA against tight ends and his ability to just do a whole, whole bunch of different things, he's not your typical tight end. In fact, he's the only tight end we ever see do anything. 
over 20 points this week, unless you're at Travis Kelsey, caught four touchdowns. So, nonetheless, rostering 53% of leagues, I keep him on the bench. He's a guy to kind of keep an eye on and see what this New Orleans situation is going to look like with the injuries moving forward. So, big fan of him, and I'm running out of uh, breath here, as you can you can probably hear in the, in the mic. Um, my last guy, I don't really know what this is going to look like for Tampa Bay moving forward, but I like a guy named Cade Otten. I hope I say his last name right. Oten or Otten. Um, big body, 12th against FPA's Pittsburgh. You know, Brady's going to be throwing all over the field. Cameron Brate's going to be out. Julio Jones could be out. Um, you know, Chris Godwin's still coming back from injury. It's a guy I would pick up. 4% of leagues is tight end. No, there's been no production at tight end this year. I think out of, outside of the top five to eight tight ends, you're getting zero. So if you got a guy that gets you six points, I'm into it. Kate Otten, 4% of leagues, 4% roster in leagues, 12th against FBA's Pittsburgh. They're actually even worse than that, but that's a whole other like, nerd stat that I can't explain. So those are my waiver wire pickups of the week. The Bobby Kidd waiver wires. We're going to start with Sunday. They're in week six. We're going to talk first. Here is the surprise matchup of the week. We're talking about the New York Jets, surprise 3-2 and two team at the Green Bay Packers, 7.5-point favorite to Green Bay, over under 45.5. This is a New York team just looking great with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, and this is a Green Bay Packers team we talked about last week. I asked you, are they going to go sleepwalking into London? Well, the London fog was definitely in their helmets and their heads that, that day. <laughs> and sure enough, um, New York took over. They're 4-1. Not the Green Bay Packers. They're three and two. They still look a little lost on offense. What do we anticipate seeing here? Is it worth seven and a half point favorite on, at home? So I mean, right right away, I think the spread is a little high for the way the Packers have been playing, and and the Jets coming off such a hot game, hanging forty points on Miami last week. Um, I, I personally think Miami. I know they've got a lot of struggles right now, so it's it's not as simple as they have a good defense. But I do feel that the Miami defense is better than the Packers. Um, I think the Packers are going to do a better job at home controlling the flow of the game with that uh, two-headed running attack. But uh, man, it, it it doesn't feel like after last week that they're any closer to getting their offense figured out through the air. Um, it, it, I still think it'll happen at some point this season. Any week could be the week that the Packers look like, like a, a playoff team again. Um, but man, the, the, I don't know if I can take the jets to win this game, but I love the jets to cover. I think if the Packers win this one, it's, it, it's going to be a tight tight matchup um yeah i i'm gonna take the packers to win but i take the jets to beat the spread here um the 45 over under i mean i i feel i almost i feel like if it goes over that's a jets win i i feel like the only way i'm taking the over is if the jets win so i'm going to take the under here and say uh the packers uh play a good game at home uh, but Jets Jets beat the spread. I'm taking the under. <clears throat> it's a New York defense has played surprisingly well. I mean, Ahmad Gardner or Sauce Gardner. I don't know. I don't want me to say it. It's, it's <laughs> right. Sauce, right? Yeah, uh, Sauce. All right. It's, it's, it sounds. It feels weird to me to call a grown man Sauce, but nonetheless, um, <clears throat> played played really well last week against Tyree Kill. I mean, 40 to 17 win, like you say, against Miami. It's a rookie quarterback against Skylar Thompson, but. 
um, Skyler, excuse me, Skyler Thompson. Um, yeah, it's a you know it's a New York team that's going to put up a lot of uh, a lot of fight. I mean they got a good, they got a good wide receiving core. Zach Wilson's got swag, got that dog in him, right? Got that dog kid. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Green Bay's reeling a little bit here. I, I'm curious. You know they're they're at home, so I, I think that. that they're likely to win. You pick Green Bay. I yeah, I pick Green Bay. Right. I nothing, nothing would make me happier than to see the backers take uh, the backers, the Packers take back-to-back losses to New York teams. Uh, that would just mm. be an early Christmas present. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, when it comes to the Packers in Lambeau, I rarely get what I want, uh, and uh, I I just I I don't think that the Packers. I mean, their, their their problems are very obvious, um, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is still the man there, and uh, and that is a really, uh, really tough place to go on the road and win. Uh, I do like the the trajectory that the Jets are on this season. They're looking really good. Um, that they're they're loaded on offense with the weapons, and and the defense is is holding up their end. Um, so I, I, that's why I think that the seven and a half point favored Packers, I can't believe the Packers are favored by seven and a half, uh, with the season they've had so far and the Jets looking the way they do. Uh, I'm very confident taking the Jets to, to cover the spread. Um, if not sneak away with a victory. Um, but I, I don't foresee that. I think the Packers win a close one at home and, uh, the Packers winning a close one here for me means taking the under. Uh, I feel like if it goes, if it were to go over forty-five and a half points, that almost spells out a Jets victory to me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I like, yeah, I like your analysis here, and, and definitely with New York. One stat that we keep saying their defense is good. However, the run game: one hundred forty-three carries, six hundred yards allowed on the run, seven rushing touchdowns. That's top in the NFL. One hundred fifteen yards allowed. One hundred fifteen yards per game allowed. For the, the the Jets defense, if, if we know anything, Green Bay likes to run the ball. That's why I like an Aaron Aaron Jones and a court, AJ Dillon start here. I think they're going to be active, and they're going to be on the on the field at the same time, like we've seen in the past of the pistol formation. Um, it's not a good bat, bounce back win for Green Bay here. It, it, well, and I think it will be. I think uh, I, I'm not certain, but Brees Hall had a good game last week against Miami. Um, first, first big fantasy game of, of the season. I believe he had been on my bench. I, I started him last week. I loved it. Um, I'm leaving him in this week. I think this is another big week for Brees. So yeah, he's, he's been a great PPR guy. I can tell you that top 10 PPR running back so far this season, but 600 yards combined. Good pick by New York. They really need another change of pace guy. They got Michael Carter. They got him. It's a good, it's a good offensive. It's a, it's a good offense. If only they had an offensive line. So Anywho, going to to the Trevor, uh, the Trevor-led Minnesota Vikings taking on the Miami Dolphins with Skyler Thompson. <laughs> Minnesota is only a three-point favorite considering the rookie rookie run, rookie quarterback. Easy for me to say, forty-five and a half over under. Um, Kirk Cousins has been efficient, not spectacular, and um, Miami's been hurt. <laughs> so this is a perfect time for for Minnesota to sneak sneak one, be five and one, and um, call it call it a week. You know, yeah. I mean, this is a game that that would, you know, I I was really, you know, two weeks into the season, I was really excited about this game because it looked like two teams that uh, had a lot going for them. Um, The Dolphins at home, they're 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 undefeated at home. I think this is their 
their uh, first home loss of the year. Um, it's just, it's a lot to overcome when you lose your starting quarterback and you lose your backup quarterback. Um, you know, Skylar Thompson, you know, good, good quarterback out of Kansas state, but he just hasn't been in the league very long. Hasn't had a lot of reps, hasn't had a lot of time at the NFL speed. Um, and I, I like the way the Vikings are playing football right now. They're, they're playing a, a real balanced game. Um, I, I think, uh, I think the Vikings uh, D line is really going to get after this rookie quarterback. Um, but the Dol- I, I, I've said it already on this podcast. I like the Dolphins' defense, so I think that the three-point spread is pretty accurate. Uh, I don't expect the Vikings to uh, to win by by a touchdown. Uh, maybe it's more than three points, but I don't see them winning by a whole touchdown here. Um, I am going to take the Vikings to win. I'm going to take them to beat the three-point spread, if not land right on that three-point spread. Um, I am going to take the over here on the 45-and-a-half. I think this game goes higher than that. Yeah, Miami, surprisingly, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, 32nd in FPA for wide receivers, considering they have Xavion Howard, and uh, 23rd in FPA against quarterbacks. So it's kind of like an all-hands-on-deck type situation. If you got them all, start them. Um, it's easy, it's really easy, it's simple as that. I, I just, this Minnesota Vikings defense, too, if you find them in free agency, you might want to start them as well. You know, considering you got the uh, the Rook, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, you really don't get too much, uh, I mean, you don't get too much production out of defense anyway. So even if they lose a few points because he somehow has a decent game, I, I don't think it'll be much. So Right, and I, I could see it going that way where the, the Dolphins still have weapons. They have a lot of weapons, some good ones, too, yeah. and, and a... And, uh, you know, Jalen Waddell, I feel, is one of those uh, receivers that can make any quarterback uh, look better. Um, and then, of course, you've got Tyreek Hill. Whether they're throwing it to him or not, he's going to take a defender deep every time. Um, he, he's going to stretch the field because you, you can't you – it doesn't matter who's under center, you can't leave Tyreek Hill wide open or he'll just get under it like a punt returner and then beat whoever's in the backfield to the end zone. Um, so So – the Vikings still have to to game plan no matter who who's under center. You have to take care of Tyreek Hill. So uh, so I do like the Dolphins to get on the scoreboard here, but I also think that uh, with the rookie and the way the Vikings have been real opportunistic on defense, I, I think they're good for a takeaway, uh, a couple of sacks. So, uh, yeah, streaming the, the Vikings defense could be the right move here. <clears throat> Lastly, um, I didn't say this correctly. The Dolphins are actually the second worst team in FPA against quarterbacks. Second oh. worst. So I said 23rd, which is like the eighth worst. It's actually second worst. Oh, no. So big, big ups on the starts for, for anybody offensively from Minnesota this week. Well, okay. and the, the Vikings, Go they, they really got uh, Dalvin Cook going last week, I feel, for the for the <clears> first <throat> time really this season. So uh, they, the things are... Uh, firing on all cylinders right now for the Vikings. So I like them for a, a road win, which would have been much tougher against a healthy Dolphins offense. No question. Um, all right, we're going to shoot forward to Baltimore at New York. New York getting no love. Five and a half point favorites at Baltimore, 45 over under. Baltimore, um, uh, kind of a confuzzled team for me. Lost, well, they won 2017 on Sunday night last week. New York is... Kind of not who they thought we, they were, but Brian Dayball is an excellent coach, and he gets some gets some playing. And Saquon Barkley is just something else, you know. Um, it's an interesting game this week. I'm surprised it's so uh, 
Well, it's it's just because there's no love for New York. <laughs> there just isn't. Uh, they're at home. They're two and one. I mean, Daniel Jones looks decent. He has nobody he's throwing to, but he still played pretty well last week in in London. So, what do you think here? Yeah, so I, I think this is a really fun matchup because these teams, you know, they're both winning records five weeks in. Uh, they couldn't be more different, uh, especially when it comes to offense. Because um, you've got, you know, the very uh, practical, conservative style of play with the Giants. A lot of credit to the to the new head coach uh, and, and definitely Saquon Barkley is the magic ingredient there uh, against the Ravens, who are a total... You know, it, it's all about that X factor quarterback. You know, just just real, you know, crazy, impressive plays. Um, so, it, to me, that that's the interesting billing here. Is it's just very, very different styles of successful offense going head to head here. Um, I I tend to agree with Vegas. I think this is going to be a Ravens win. Um, uh, even even being at home, I think the Giants are going to bounce back. They've they've just done so many things correct this this first five weeks that I I think that they're going to be a real menace uh, inside their division. Um, but uh, but man, I I got to take the Ravens here. Um, as close as I think this game is, I do think it finishes uh, Ravens up by a touchdown. Um, it just feels more like a, a, a game-winning touchdown than a game-winning field goal to me. So I'm going to take Baltimore to win, Baltimore to beat the spread, and I'm going to take the over on this one. Baltimore fourth worst in FBA against quarterbacks, four, sec, third worst, excuse me, in FBA against wide receivers. So Daniel Jones would be a good start here. Darius Slayton, you might want to look for him in free agency or, or, or trade or what have you. Here's a really surprising stat for me. I was looking right through some of these FBA numbers. Um, New York, right at the bottom, uh, right at the top of the league in terms of fantasy points allowed for a lot of uh, a lot of these really important positions. So, um, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson in your lineup, but I'd say outside of that, it's kind of hard to. I mean, and Mark Andrews, it's kind of hard for me to recommend starting anybody else. You know, uh, but Daniel Jones could have a good could have a good day. It's a really banged up Baltimore secondary. They lost Marcus Williams. Um, they lost. I'm trying to remember the other safety. I know they lost two safeties. So they're really banged up. Um, oh, who was it? Um, Jimmy Smith retired last week, too, out of nowhere. Marlon Humphrey's a little hurt. It could be a New York win. I, th- I think if you got money on New York, like you, you're, you're probably in, it's probably a fair bet this week, despite yeah. Baltimore being well coached. So, anywho, we're going to turn our clocks ahead to um tampa bay at pittsburgh i only picked this game because i think you know it's a it's a tom brady pittsburgh game i mean you, you gotta you gotta talk about it eight point favorite to tampa bay over under 45 you know it's a pittsburgh team that's just they just are what they are at this point and kenny pickett is really trying to figure it out he's been nothing nothing but uh inconsistent tom brady though i don't know what's going on with tampa too well, many injuries too much age what what do you think is the uh the antidote here for this this team. So I, I think I think the Buccaneers are a team that's going to get better down the stretch. They're going to get healthier. Um, there's there's a lot of experience on that team. I think that's going to equate to a lot of uh, clutch plays when they need them. Um, the problem I see with the Steelers right now is it's just it's it's a little too easy. You know they're, they're it, so. If the Steelers want to win games, they have to get Najee Harris going, and they can't get Najee Harris going if they can't 
move the ball through the air. And and it's it's that simple. The, their defense is going to keep them in some games. Um, they still have a, a pretty pretty uh, you know dominant defense uh, a lot of the time. But, uh, but yeah, I I think that this is uh, definitely uh, I don't want to say easy, but th- this is I'm pretty confident that the Buccaneers are going to put this one away. Um, <clears throat> I just yeah the the eight point spread. The way Tampa has been playing, I, I, I'm I'm confident picking them to win. I'm I'm less confident about the eight point spread. Um, I think, man, it, it, the Steelers are just so because the potential's there. If if the Steelers can get Najee Harris going, the the problem is that that they haven't. Um, they could stay in this game. I think I'm going to take. I am going to take the Steelers to cover because uh, it's such a big eight-point spread. Uh, Buccaneers to win, and in this one, 45, I'm going to take the under. It's a Pittsburgh team. I mean, that's worse in FPA against wide receivers, fourth worst against quarterbacks, tenth worst against running backs. I just It's just going to be a long day for Pittsburgh. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I think it's a Tampa team that you basically want to get all hands on deck once again. Um, Lenny Fournette, if he's out, Rashad White. You take a look at him in free agency, Tom Brady. I mean, what else can you say? They're just undermanned, and the defense is on the field a lot. And ah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough year up there in Pittsburgh. Tough year, you know, tough year. So, okay, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> We're gonna have tough crowd and tough crowd. This is kind of an interesting one. I, I, you know, obviously I'm partial, but I want to talk about it. New England at Cleveland, two and a half point favorite to Cleveland, forty three over under. A lot of different storylines going on here between Jacoby Brissett going to play in New England, Bailey Zappi making his second career start, people in New England asking if Mac Jones is even worth bringing back. I mean, there's that whole freaking fiasco on the radio up there. Oh, man. But really what it comes down to is that Cleveland is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against New England. Kind of interesting. That's the most interesting storyline in my mind. What do you think here? Nick Chubb? Well, you know, this would be, you know, my gut looking at this season is to just take the Browns. Um, But, man, if if what the Patriots did last week, shutting out the number one scoring offense in the league, uh, it's just, is that the anomalous data point or is there going to be more of that to come? Because uh, if the Patriots play like that, if if they can, if they can prevent Chubb from just taking over this game, then uh, then I definitely like the Patriots here. However, the you know Jacoby Brissett has uh, exceeded my expectations as the fill-in at quarterback. Uh, the Browns do have a a pretty uh, solid roster, uh, and it centers around the run game, and uh, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, knows this and and he's leaning into that and that's what's led to their uh limited success so far um but yeah i I mean who the browns lose to last was it the jets last week yeah wasn't was it last week no the jets played jets played miami last week I um, don't remember. They lost a close game, though. I remember watching a red zone. It yeah, was, I, uh, Chargers. Chargers. The Chargers. They basically, that's right. They are twenty six. I mean, basically every game they played, it's been it's been separated by three points, except for the Thursday night game. 
So yeah, so. I think uh, I think I like the Browns. Uh, you know, I, I I'm going to roll with Nick Chubb in my fantasy league. Got to do that. But uh, I'm going to take the Patriots in an upset here. I I Ooh. think I think they've got a lot of momentum. Uh, I think I think a lot of the league uh, or a lot of the fans have been sleeping on uh, on Bill Belichick and what he can do on on defense. Um, and this this Zappy kid, I love it. Uh, the name alone it, it gets me excited. Zappy. Um, so Zappy. yeah, exactly. So I uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm this is this is the first upset I'm picking this week. Um, I mean, I, I'd be absolutely tickled to be wrong about this and wrong about the Jets, but uh, I'm going to take the Patriots to upset. Yeah, I like the Patriots in this one. <clears throat> Here's a stat for you. New England has not allowed a rushing touchdown this year. And yeah. see, and, and that's, that's the Browns' no game rushing is rushing. So. 108 carries, 400, 469 yards. They've averaged about four yards a carry on New England. New England is the stingiest defense when it comes to FPA against running backs. It's a running back heavy team for uh, Cleveland in terms of what they do. Um, but against quarterbacks, New England is, let's see, they are, well, four touchdowns, eight intercept, oh, eight touchdowns, four interceptions, one of the worst against quarterbacks. And wide receivers, about middle of the pack. So, right. So, I mean, I a, like Amari Cooper I, here. I think Amari Cooper, yeah. I, I don't expect yeah. the Patriots to shut out the Browns uh, the way they, they did uh, the Lions. But uh, I, that was on the road too, wasn't it? That was in Detroit. Um, no, that was in New England. It was in they, New they England. They wore the red. Yeah, they wore the red. Oh, jerseys. that's right, oh. the red jerseys. Yeah. But man, yes. I uh, I think uh, I think the Browns find the end zone once or twice. But uh, I I just like what the Patriots are doing right now, and uh, I'm going to take them to win this game. I'm going to take the over on the 43. Um, Patriots to upset. So this this game could very well decide the AFC Championship game uh, location. And uh, boy, oh boy, I don't know how this. We were talking about this before we got on. I don't know how this didn't get a Sunday night, a Monday night slot, or even its own day, complete day coverage of it <laughs> right. because it's such an iconic matchup, and it has been in the last two or three years. We got Buffalo at Kansas City. Buffalo two and a half point favorite, over under fifty four. Josh Allen coming off a four hundred fifty yard game, four touchdowns. He just uh, absolute beast out there and. You know, can't, you know, Patrick Mahomes no slouch himself. I mean, just it came off throwing four, five touchdowns against uh, whoever they played, uh, Oakland or Vegas. Excuse me. Look, I mean, Kansas City looks like they figured it out. They got an offense they can spread the ball around to everybody. Buffalo is just Buffalo, and they're just monsters. Um, it's an interesting matchup here, at a, a four o'clock game on a on a Sunday. You get the best game of the season so far. Yeah, this, maybe this of is, all season. This, this is, uh, you know, this is a rematch of what a lot of people were calling the best football game they'd ever seen in their lives, um, which was, I mean, it sounds like an overreaction, but if you saw that game, it was hard to argue with. Um, so, yeah, uh, regardless of who you got in this one, you definitely don't want to miss it. Um, I'll, I'll be glued to the TV for this one. Um you know, red zone is great for the early part of the day, and a lot of times you leave it on for these afternoon games. You're not going to want to do that this week. This is the game you want to watch. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs here, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it can't happen. The Bills absolutely could win a close game over the Chiefs, uh, but that would be the first close game the Bills have won in a long time. The Bills win in blowouts. They lose in, in, in heartbreaker close games. Um, 
I think, uh, you know, I, I'm not the first to say this, but I agree with what I'm hearing. That the problem with the Bills in these close games is they really don't have an established run game outside of Josh Allen, which is what you need to put away a close game when you get the ball and you're up and there's, you know, a minute and a half left. You need to be able to put together a solid run drive to really lock it out. And uh, if you give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, what was it, 13 seconds is all they need to score at home? Uh, Pretty much. It's, it's absurd. If the Chiefs get the ball back down by one score, they're either going to take you to overtime or beat you. Um, so I got to take the Chiefs in this one at Arrowhead. So here's an interesting stat for you. Buffalo, second best in FPA against quarterbacks. Kansas City, fourth worst. Fourth worst. I think I don't know why that's so interesting to me, other than if you look at it on the surface, it's probably not going to be indicative of what's going to happen in the game. But here's another one. Kansas City, fifth worst against wide receivers in FPA. And then uh, a lot of the most touchdowns, seven. Um, and also one of the worst against tight ends. It's really a Kansas City defense that's kind of con- deceived us a little bit here. You know they've they've looked really really good on paper, or at least on on film, um, but have really given up a lot of yards and a lot of fancy points. Where Buffalo is kind of the exact opposite. I wonder, you know, I I can't help but wonder if the Buffalo is the superior team in a lot of ways, um, outside of the running no, game. Well, I mean, they definitely. I mean, need to get something figured out there. Really, yeah. when you stack these two teams up next to each other, I I'm inclined to agree with you. I think the Bills are the better team here. I think I put them ahead in my power rankings. Um, but the, when you look at, uh, I, I, I hate how overused this term is now situational football, um, close, close games that come down to the wire. Uh, you know, we, we don't see the bills come from behind a lot. We see the chiefs come from behind, you know, every two or three weeks, they're coming from behind to beat somebody that they shouldn't have been behind to, but they were. Um, so I, uh, I gotta go with the chiefs in this one. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, and, and yeah, a lot of these metrics, a lot of the analytics would tell you that the Chiefs don't have a good defense, but when you watch their games, their defense looks good to me. Um, and I I think that that's, yeah, I think, uh, I think the Chiefs, I think this, this is going to be the best game we've had yet this year. Um, this is. You know, which I guess maybe the bar isn't so high there. Um, what, what what has been the best game so far? Philadelphia, Jacksonville, um, uh, Indy, and Denver. Indy yeah. and Denver. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. If you uh, if you watch the Indy Denver game, uh, you probably still have a sting in your eyes. You need to watch this game on Sunday. Because uh, one thing is sure, it's going to be really good football. Um, I'm confident taking the over here. I think uh, I think both teams are going to put up a lot of points. Uh, I think this is going to be, you know, a thirty-something to thirty-something victory, uh, and I'm taking the Chiefs. All right, all right, very good. Moving on, Sunday night football: Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Golly, just back-to-back matchups. Although Dak Prescott won't be playing for. Dallas this week, so it's not as compelling. Six and a half point favorite Philly over under forty two. Philly looked like somebody figured them out a little bit last week, twenty seventeen against Arizona. They still held on. Um, it's really not a dynamic offense like I think we all think it is. Um, I know I, I'm not just saying that because I don't like Philly and 
the Philly special is embedded in my mind. Uh, but the really, across the board, the best defense in FPA. Tough game for Dallas, especially Cooper Rush. But yeah, if he wins this game, he's going to get paid next year. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, that much is sure. If the, if the Cowboys win this, uh, and that's not to say if they lose that Cooper Rush won't get paid next year. Because, um, man, he's, he's definitely, uh, as far as, uh, you know, next man up type of thing, uh, you couldn't ask for uh, for more than, than they've gotten so far from Cooper Rush. Um, I, I like this matchup. Uh, it's been a long time since we had, uh, you know, two good teams in the, uh, in the NFC East, uh, and that's what this feels like right now. This is going to be a tough, hard-fought division matchup, Sunday night football. Um, if it weren't for Bills Chiefs, I think this might be my game of the week that you don't want to miss. Um, I'm going to take... Dallas, wait for it, Goddard. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, uh, I uh, love myself a good pun. Dallas, Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I, the Eagles, I mean, they've been doing really well this year. I think that they've got, even now, an underrated defense. Their defense plays really physical, disciplined football. Um I think uh, I think as far as their offensive output, it's kind of like one thing one week, another thing the next. Um, I like them to really get the running game going in this one. Uh, I like uh, Sanders and Scott. These guys, I think, are going to be trying. They're going to try to use these guys to slow down the game. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take Philadelphia. I'm going to take... Six and a half points is a bit much. I'm going to take Dallas to cover there. I think this th- this game comes down to a field goal, but I'm definitely taking the over on the 42. Yeah, it's two best defenses in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> doesn't mean you don't start CeeDee Lamb and all your friends and Jalen Hurts and all of his friends, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be a, an interesting game. I think I think low scoring. You said 42. You say over. I yeah, I, I, I like the part. I like the over on the forty two. I think that this okay. is going to be a tough game, uh, but I I like the way these offenses are at figuring out success through the. I think a lot of I think it's going to be a high scoring second half is what I'm trying to say. No question. Yeah, I could see that kind of picking up once uh, once these offenses kind of get rolling. You know. Um, okay, our Sunday our Monday night football game Denver at. Los Angeles. I almost said San Diego, so I'd stop myself. Four and a half point favorites <laughs> at LA. Um, 45 and a half over under. I mean, Broncos country is not really riding. They say what? <laughs> let, let Russ let Russ cook, and it's pretty much yeah. like a hard boiled egg. Yeah, he's cooking, he's cooking so, ramen noodles in the microwave. Yeah, it's um, pretty ugly, bro. It's bad. Yeah. What do you think? Speaking I mean, bad. man, uh, I, I do. I don't want to say it, but I, I do have to take the Chargers at home. Um, I think even without Bosa, their defense is just it's it's more than than Russell Wilson and company can can overcome at the moment. Uh, I think the Broncos' defense is playing good football too. I think they're going to keep them in this game, even in spite of the injuries they've had recently. Um, so I got to take the under on the forty-five and a half. That's an easy under for me in this one. Um, but I like the Chargers to win four and a half point spread. 
that's a tough one. I'm going to take the Chargers to beat it. Um, so, yeah, Chargers to win, Chargers to beat the spread, taking the under here. It's a, um, boy, it's a Denver team that's been really disappointing fantasy-wise. It's a L.A. team that's been inconsistent fantasy-wise. I mean, Austin Eckler's been good, he's been bad, he's been good, he's been bad. Justin Herbert, okay across the board, just okay. I, I think we all expected a bigger jump in year three. Right, um, right. I mean, 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, they're 3-2. and two. Well, without Maybe Keenan Allen, no Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. Yeah. Mike, Mike Williams is he's a little more hot than cold, but he's still hot and cold. Um, right. I just uh, I like the Chargers at home here. Uh, mostly, my gut is telling me that the Chargers' issues are going to be more easily overcome than what the Broncos are dealing with right now. Um, and I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to just tune into this game on Monday night, see things click for Russell Wilson, and, and see him just you know, throw three touchdowns and zero picks. Uh, but I can't, can't bet on it this week. Fair enough. We're going to go rapid fire here, Trev, see if we can get in before we head off the air. we got Arizona at Seattle, two-and-a-half point favorite to Arizona, 50-and-a-half over under. <laughs> Two teams that are probably gonna be eight nine at the end of the year. So yeah, this uh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. This is the other my my second upset of the week here, um, unless you count the Chiefs winning at home. Uh, I I like the Seahawks. I think they have a lot of momentum right now. They're playing with a lot of heart. Um, it's definitely the whole chip on your shoulder mentality. The way I see it. Um, so I like the Seahawks to, uh, to win with that 12th man at home. Uh, All right. And with uh, the 50 and a half over under, I'm going to go over here. I think this turns into a bit of a, of a, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of offense in this game. You know, I don't, I don't think that the Seahawks will be able to stop Kyler Murray and company from finding the end zone a few times. Uh, but I, I think that that's who Geno Smith is right now. They're just going to outshoot him in this one. Well, it better not be double XP weekend Call of Duty because Kyler Murray will be staying up late <laughs> playing that if that's the case. So and they don't have a chance. But Carolina at L.A., 10-point favorite to L.A., 41.5 over under. No Baker Mayfields, no chance. <laughs> yeah, no Baker Mayfield, no chance. Um, I still think that the 10-point spread is a little rich. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. Um, but I am going to take the Rams to win at home, and I'm going to take the over on the 41-and-a-half. Cincinnati versus New Orleans. Uh, Cincinnati, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Over under 43, who day versus who dat? And Joe Burrow, if you know what I'm trying to spell, uh, back in the Big Easy for the first time in, uh, what, three years, I think, three or four years, something like that. What do we think of this? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, interesting. It's uh, it's almost an even line here. Uh, I do like the Bengals, uh, just because the Saints. I mean, they're they're dealing with so many uh, banged up skill positions. Whether or not they play or not, they won't be a hundred percent. I like the Saints to stay competitive here, uh, but with a one and a half point spread, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Cincinnati to beat the spread. Uh, over under forty three. I'm going to take the over there. Yeah. Jacksonville at Indy, a two-point favorite to Indy, over under 42, and potentially another 
terrible, terrible offensive matchup. Yeah, coming up so for you. this would be hard to imagine a couple of weeks ago. You know, the Jaguars looked like they had things figured out this year. They had a lot of success on offense the first two or three weeks. Um, if this is an exciting game, it's because Jacksonville gets back to that style of football. Um, I, I, I can't really call it an upset at a two-point spread. I am going to take the Jags on the road against the Colts. Um, I just, I don't think, uh, I don't think the Colts will be able to kick a field goal in overtime to win this one. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars to win 42 over under. That's tough. That really comes down to whether or not the Colts can get anything going. Um, Hmm. Oh, Jonathan Taylor, potentially. Or Naheem Himes. Naheem Himes. Excuse me. I think I'm going to take the under here. I like the Jags to win and then control the game on the ground. Um, was it uh, Robinson, the running back for the Jaguars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is a big day for Robinson when the Jags are playing from a, from a lead. Okay, last but not least, or maybe least, who knows, San Francisco at Atlanta, 5.5-point favorite to San Francisco, 44.5 over under. It's a, uh, well, it's a matchup that San Francisco should win, but... <laughs> Uh, we you see Atlanta being pretty stingy. They almost they almost beat Tampa Bay last week. They've been competitive in a lot of their games. It's a decent Atlanta team they got down there, man. Arthur Smith's a good coach. No, absolutely. I I think uh, the Falcons uh, are flying, pun intended, under a lot of people's radar right now. Um, they uh, they are <laughs> they are playing some good defense in Atlanta. Um, even so, I think uh, I think the Forty ers you know, even with the support they have, I think a lot of people are sleeping on just how well-rounded and complete the 49ers roster is. Um, this is an easy one for me. It's definitely a 49ers victory. I take the 49ers to beat the spread, and I am going to take the over on the 44.5. Okay, that about wraps up for week six, sir. We're still watching this horrendous Thursday night football game as we, as we talk. Any, any words for week sixers? Our, our friends out there in fantasy world, their pick'em world, their degenerate gambling world. <laughs> well, no, just uh, just doubling down on uh, you do not want to miss the uh, the Chiefs Buffalo matchup. Um, the truth is, we got we got we've been spoiled seeing these teams play each other in the playoffs. There's no guarantee that two teams face each other in the playoffs, especially in the AFC where there's so many uh, good teams, uh, even if they're not the better team, that's football for you. The better team doesn't always win. The, the team that, that comes ready to take advantage of, of the opportunities that present themselves are the ones that win. Uh, so we, we might not see these two teams play each other in the playoffs, in which case you do not want to miss uh, this week's matchup, Sunday afternoon, Chiefs-Bills. No question. No question about it. Until next week, we uh, will continue to cover the National Football League week to week, minute to minute, hour to hour, penalty to penalty. <laughs> pass, 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 roughing the passer. There it is. Roughing the passer, roughing the passer. And um, they need to find us. We're on all the, uh, the sort of things that people find people on those social media outlets. Um, you can also find us at uh, Bobby Law, at Trevor Geodude on Instagram. And uh, we're here week to week, folks. You can subscribe, like, put a review, tell your friends about us. It's October. Um, you know, you can buy a phone, play football in general, 
then put it in some some kid's little uh, basket that he's getting food from or getting uh, <laughs> getting treats for. So or in his or in his pillow bag, and you just play it, and you just put it in there, and it's like a like martyrdom. You just leave it and watch it blow away, right? So um, you know, you gotta start these kids early. They gotta know this fantasy football stuff because I tell you what, uh, you want to you want to raise your kids to be the best fantasy football players you could get because they're not they're not jabronis, they're not chumps, right? Am I right? That's right. So until next time, and football generally back next week. We are out.